Welcome to the Nanalyze podcast. We are a boutique media and research firm specializing in disruptive innovation. Visit nanalyze.com for more details. Cat stock or caterpillar stock is the topic of today's presentation. And if you're somebody that's invested in caterpillar stock or thinking about investing in cat stock, then the first thing that you want to do is take a step back and think about what exposure you're getting or looking for. So Caterpillar happens to belong to an industry or sector called industrials. And you can ask, well, do I want USA industrials or international? It turns out that this is a USA company, but it has about 60% exposure international. We'll talk about that. A heavy equipment, uh, that's what everybody associates with Caterpillar, you can see the machine here in this picture. But what particular type? Because it makes a difference, right? Construction, farming, mining. Uh, for us, we're looking for dividend growth stocks. That's what we invest in, disruptive tech and dividend growth. So this falls into the latter category. Now, when we think about the industry that Caterpillar belongs to, the industrial goods sector is made up of companies that make or sell machinery, equipment, or supplies used in manufacturing and construction. So it normally declines during economic recessions, though, and this is important, its various subsectors can perform differently from one another. That's one of the things we really like about CAT is that they have internal diversification that we're going to look at. And this last statement the Dow Jones Industrial Index has historically been weighted heavily to industrial stocks. Now, I wanted to take a second to talk about this because it's not intuitive what the Dow Jones Industrial Average or Index is. It's a price-weighted, so it's not weighted by market cap. They weight it by price, uh, measure of 30 U.S. blue chip companies. And they're not in industrials, as the name implies. Well, there's some. You can see there's about 15% exposure, but healthcare is the... Biggest exposure there with 20%, financials around 20%. You can go down the list there. That's what this pie chart represents. The components are selected by a committee. I found that really interesting. And how, what sort of criteria? This is probably a presentation in its own that will do. In particular, this interesting uh, segment of the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the dogs of the Dow. These are the largest dividend yields in this group of 30 stocks. And you can see here Caterpillar belongs to the Dow Jones Industrial Average. So it's a, a member of this elite group. Now, our interest in uh, Caterpillar, in particular industrials, comes from our dividend growth investing strategy, Quantigens. And I've snipped this from a page. There's actually 21 stocks that we cover in industrials that fall within our universe. And I've just shown here the top five. And uh, I'm not going to go into this strategy. Uh, that's uh, there are other videos we've done that look at that. But a couple quick things to notice here. You notice how Nordson has a yield penalty. So it's actually the Q score is being penalized because their yield is so low. But look at 3M, how high their yield is. That's actually much higher now. It's approaching 7%. We have some concerns about that. And we did a piece you can search our channel, a piece on 3M uh, that uh, will bring you up to speed on our concerns there. But you can see 3M is actually penalized because their five-year dividend growth is quite low. So the point of this presentation was that if MMM, that's 3M's ticker, 
goes kaput. That would simply mean they stop increasing their dividend. That's the only reason we'd sell that stock. We're considering Caterpillar as a replacement should that happen. Now, you want to think about when you invest in any industrial stock, how you might benchmark it. And I've pulled up here the Vanguard Industrials ETF. So this is based on an MSCI index that looks at the industrials sector. And you can see that Caterpillar sits at the top. It's the highest weighted. So uh, other names in this list, so this is the top 10 industrials companies, if you will. You see General Electric, that's probably a company we'll cover. We've looked at them over the years as they try to desperately uh, make themselves relevant again. John Deere, we covered recently, and, and automatic data processing, that's a dividend champion we happen to be invested in. Now, if you're invested in a single industrials company, how can you tell whether or not it performs well? You can use this benchmark, the Vanguard Industrials ETF. By the way, if you want industrials exposure, this is the way you would get it. I think they charge 10 basis points. Uh, it's almost nothing for, uh, for this exposure. If you're invested in this ETF, then MSCI USA would be your benchmark, since here, this is looking at U.S. industrials. You want to see, well, I made a bet on industrials. Uh, did that make sense? If you're invested in MSCI USA, you made a country bet, then you want to look at MSCI World as your benchmark. So it's quite interesting to think about how you ought to benchmark stocks that you're invested in. But you also need to consider net gross reinvest. So net is simply the stock price return over time. Gross adds the dividends in cash, and then reinvest would be where you reinvest in the dividends. So there's different ways to measure performance. Now, Caterpillar, fortunately, provides a very interesting and informative document that if you're going to be an investor or you are, you should be familiar with this. They say here it's not a substitute for their 10K filings with the SEC. It's its own. Uh, it, it's a, not a PowerPoint deck. It's almost as if it's a simplified annual report, and that's what we're going to look at. Now, before we start doing that, I wanted to talk about more ways to support our channel. So, we don't have sponsors and we don't have ads. And I think we had talked a bit about Masterworks in a recent presentation and somebody said, oh, you have a sponsor. No, we don't. Uh, we don't have any sponsors or ads. You are our sponsors and we need your support to grow this channel. So one of the things that came up recently was merchandise. Well, that's beneficial because um, people have expressed interest in that and it helps our branding. So we're going to mull that over, perhaps some uh, well-designed, uh, merchandise that utilizes some of our slogans or running jokes here at Nanalyze. You can also join our channel. So that's a YouTube function where you click the join button and you can pay a dollar a month, you know, very trivial amount of money to support us. But what that's going to do is allow you to engage with our live streams that we're going to start doing. And then there's $5 a month you can pay on YouTube and that'll let you access our Discord channel where we have... Um, uh, quite a few paying subscribers where the community discusses stocks. But for, for right now, uh, uh, just please at least like our content, like this video, and then share it. So let's get back to the Caterpillar 2022 investor presentation. Like this slide here, what this shows us is two very important things. So the top chart, we can see the cash flow returned to shareholders. All right. So they're either doing that through dividends paid. So that's the gray. You see the gray slowly going up. That's dividend growth, right? Buybacks, that's in yellow. Those are varied. And as Buffett said, you only want a, a company buying back their stock when it's at a reasonable price. And we'll talk more about that. But this 
M-E-N-T. It looks like meat-free cash flow. That excludes the finance component of their business. That's why it can say in 2019, 117%. How can you return to shareholders 117% of cash flows? That's because at the enterprise level, their cash flows were higher than just what's shown here. The takeaway from that is look at how much buffer they have. Look in 2020, I put an arrow there pointing at that. What happened when the Rona rocked this company, you see they were still able to do buybacks and pay that dividend with buffer there. So if uh, things really went pear-shaped and they had very few cash flows for a, a particular year, then they'd still be able to pay and increase that dividend. That's referred to a payout ratio. Now the rate at which they're increasing is rather sporadic. You can see that in the chart, their blue chart there, that's taken from Schwab. But the growth rate is actually pretty acceptable. A 10-year growth rate of 9%, three-year growth rate 7 8 or five-year growth rate 8%. So that's consistent over a decade, but uh, rather sporadic year to year. Now, when we look at share repurchases, and we can see the shares outstanding going down as they repurchase shares, and we've uh, talked about how uh, that's beneficial to shareholders if the company is repurchasing shares at a good price. So they're not just doing it because they don't have a better way to spend that cash. And I don't know what sort of assessment to make about that. If you look at the chart in the lower right there, that's their uh, five-year chart. And you can see that this also shows the shares repurchased over the past five years. Are they repurchasing them at a good price? I don't know, but I thought that was interesting to note. This slide here tells you what they do, and that's very important going back to our point about diversification. I put some arrows here, things we want to look at. So, so we usually look at revenues when we're analyzing tech companies because that represents market share captured. In this case, the profits are what, well, the cash flows really, but the profits are what pay our dividends. So that's what we're interested in looking at. You can see the profits and their losses. There aren't any losses. Um, Profits for construction industries, so that's one segment. Resource industries, think of mining there. Energy and transportation, this is a segment that perhaps isn't so intuitive when you think about you know, caterpillars, bulldozers. And then there's financial products, you can see that as well. So all we've done is aggregated those amounts and then looked at the percentages. For example, construction industries, the profits they realized last year were 44% of total profits attributed to construction industries. I love this little uh, graphic here because it shows you the actual products. You can get an idea of what they're selling, see? Uh, and then, of course, the, the chart here shows you the total sales over time and segment profits. So that line is important because it represents the uh, increase in profit. So the higher your segment profit, uh, the segment margin, the more profits you're getting that you can pay out as dividends. So you want to see some consistency there. You can see in 2020 how it dipped, but then it uh, returned to the norm. So the next segment, this is the one I think that perhaps isn't so obvious. 31% of their revenues, or let's say their profits, okay, and the revenues, it might map about the same come from what they call energy and transportation. Look at these segments. So you have uh, oil, gas, power generation, industrial, and transportation. So they build locomotives and marine power solutions, marine engines. But what's cool here is they include this table in the upper right there that shows you 
sales by application. And look how well diversified that is. It's almost equal across those segments. And of course, you can plot each one over time and see how they react to certain events like the Rona and whether or not they uh, took a hit. But uh, that's rather interesting. And then the third segment, resource industries. This is the mining. And you can look at the types of vehicles here or machines, large mining trucks, mining shovels, rope shovels, etc. Right. And you can see their total sales there at the bottom. And of course, segment profit and uh, that's what you want to pay attention to. And finally, Cat Financial, they provide retail and wholesale financing to customers and dealers around the world for Caterpillar products and services. They say a significant portion of our activity is conducted in North America. That's good when it comes to financing because it's likely that the people that they're extending credit to have good credit and will pay it back. So you can see their uh, revenues there and segment profits. Now, I wanted to touch on a couple other quick things. Seasonality. I love this table. So the rich metrics that are in that investor presentation, you could probably analyze for hours. They're really, really good. We're just touching on them here. But read this from left to right. So construction industries, for example, has a little bit of seasonality. So it's always 100%, right? The 100% across all four quarters. Uh, and so in the first quarter, it's 24, second, 25. You see how that breakdown. The only seasonal uh, segment here, it looks like energy and transportation. See how that goes up over the year. First quarter, 23% and fourth quarter, 28. So they have a more heavily weighted fourth quarter there. And you can see that's actually in the other segments as well. So it's informative and interesting. And this table in the bottom, we particularly like shows how 60% roughly over the past at least six years, 60% of the revenues come from outside the United States. Going back to the fact that you're investing in a U.S. industrials firm, but you're getting a lot of great multinational exposure. And guess what? They provide a breakdown for each one of those segments across each geographical area, which really lets analysts have a lot of fun with this stock. So if, you know, Asian mining companies are running into some problems, then you can probably... Uh, figure out in a spreadsheet fairly quickly the impact that will have on Caterpillar. So Caterpillar as a stock is a bet on industrials, the United States, but multinational, as we said, uh, construction, mining, and other segments, as we pointed out. That diversified exposure they have to various other industries is very appealing because it provides consistency over time. This could be a very suitable substitute for 3M if they lose their dividend growth streak. And the one thing we didn't touch on in this presentation that may even be worth a follow-up is the very cool stuff Caterpillar is doing with technology. And that's how we came across this stock in the first place. So it's a very compelling dividend growth stock with some interesting technological components to it as well with the things that they're trying to do. Now, I'm going to put up another video here for you to watch, but before you watch that, please support our work. Click the Analyze logo, subscribe to our channel. We're going to be putting out a lot of great content uh, this year and next, so support our work. Thanks for taking the time to watch this today. Thank you for listening to the Analyze podcast. If you found this information useful, please share this episode with a friend. This helps us to continue to provide thorough research for you. Want more research like this? Want to know what we're invested in and what stocks we're avoiding? Head to nanalyze.com and consider becoming a premium annual subscriber to get access to premium articles, webinars, and our extensive tech stock catalog. 
Thank you for your time.